Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Dope Black Queers podcast, an intentional space for us, by us, which centers our blackness, queerness, and transness, because we deserve... On this week's episode, we're talking about pride. Welcome back to another episode of the Dope Black Queers podcast. It's me, AID. Um, and who else have we got in the studio with us this week? Layla. We got Jackson. Hello, hello. Um, if we all just go around, offer our pronouns if you want to. And also, what are you wearing? Um, so my pronouns are they, them. And I'm currently wearing a... A mustard t-shirt and um, navy jogging bottoms. Nice. Um, my pronoun. I'm Jackson. My pronouns are he, him, and I am wearing the finest loafing around the house fashions. Mm-hmm. I've got my black vest top on and these sort of like towel um, textured pink shorts. Ooh. which I used to wear outside of the house. That mm-hmm. time has come to an end. Um, so, they sound nice. Yeah, yeah they're, a, they're a vibe. They're a vibe. Maybe I'll show you them later. <laughs> um, I am wearing, you know, one of those like ruched kind of like bandeau top things. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing one of those ruched bandeau crop top things Ooh. in like a bright blue. I don't know. Like, how you describe this blue? And I'm also wearing an Adidas tracksuit. Um, yeah, the trefoil one, I think that's what they call it. Oh, I'm saying that wrong, though. But yeah, it's um, slim fitting. It says really tight. Every time I bend down, I've got like a thong like poking up. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, a, it's the aesthetic, isn't it? You know? It's giving it's giving like a strong sort of like East London vibe. Yeah. I don't, is that where you're based? I'm not. I'm based in Southeast. Okay, um, but yeah. you've got, still got the East. You got the little bit of the East in there. So yeah. <laughs> um, so how are we all this week, or how are we all in general? I am good. I'm just coming off of like a long streak of work. Like mm-hmm. I'm essentially changing my jobs slash like the structure Ooh. yeah so I've been actually working because I'm changing my jobs like it means that my like work days are changing so I've been working like a lot towards the end of this kind of like period of working so I've just been working so much I've been working like 55 hours a week I haven't had a day off in like 15 days I'm feeling like I feel a lot better now because my first day off was like two, like yesterday yeah, I don't know. It was like, I can't remember. But yeah, I had a day off. I had a break a little while ago. So I'm just feeling better than I was before. But before I was feeling so exhausted. But now I'm feeling like so excited for like this next period of my life where mm. work is just different. Yeah. Uh, could you go into the what the change of work is? Yeah. So I currently work in a restaurant and I'm actually like 
I guess like in a way kind of like having a promotion while my money's going up and I'm mm-hmm. also like I have a kind of different role with more responsibility so that's really exciting like the food at the restaurant's really good so mm-hmm. it's like good to be there um and I'm kind of taking on a new role at the studio that I work it like I work for at the moment for Paul but mm. that's kind of like to, oh, wow. be, to be revealed kind of stuff but yeah so yeah and because of that the studio because of the studio work I'm working less at the restaurant which is mm-hmm. really good Oh, that's exciting. So, funny that you should be talking about, like, career changes, because that's also what's going on with me as well. I'm making a bit of a transition, uh, which is quite exciting. I have been for quite a while working in in marketing, basically, as a writer. Um, And time is up on that. Time is up. It's time for me to start... um, using using words to talk about things that actually matter so i'm going to be stepping into journalism instead which feels like really exciting it is. and i think yeah it's a chance to just platform stories that um aren't being told or that aren't getting enough of a spotlight particularly around blackness queerness transness um fatness too as well so i feel i feel really excited about that and i'm hopefully going to be getting a bit of training and yeah moving moving into a new chapter that's mad exciting are you nervous at all a bit yeah i think there's an element of being very public facing with journalism that Mm. is quite nerve-wracking to me and also the fact that you know obviously people have the right to reply and to comment on on what you're saying and stuff which um yeah i think can can have its challenges particularly when you're a marginalized person as well and, and kind of writing about marginalized experiences and perspectives so i do feel a bit nervous about that but also i feel really excited and mm. um i'm not going to let that fear stop me yeah well done congratulations yes. on that Thank you. Thank well you very much. You. Well done to you too. It's exciting times all round. Yeah, it's not on both of you. Um, on the like uh, the the whole thing of like public facing, I know Leila. Like a lot of your work is public facing. Yeah. How do you deal with with that? With the the, I, the putting yourself out there for consumption. I don't even know. I think it's just, I'm just really used to it, I think. Mm -hmm. I've just kind of performed my whole life, so I've always been, like, not accessible, but, like, I've always been, like, out there, if that makes Mm. sense. So I guess I was used to it growing up, and performing and interacting is what I love to do. So I feel like I see, I feel so much joy in it that sometimes, for me, it, like, largely outweighs any negativity, and I have a lot of support around me, like, um especially with the studio and stuff, like if something was to happen, touch wood. Mm-hmm. But I know mm-hmm. I have such like great support there. So I think how I manage is like, one, like enjoying it, loving it, and like that largely outweighing any negativity, but mm. two, also having like such a great support system around, like especially with the studio and stuff, because that's, I guess, when I'm my most kind of like 
vulnerable in a way because I'm like teaching and then like sometimes I'm performing and like all of this stuff so yeah it's good to have that support really Mm. yeah I think having that support system is going to be really key for me moving forwards um having like just having those like good good people around you that will support you but also like you know keep you accountable as well I think I think Mm -hmm. that's also a bit of a thing with like writing and journalism is like um yeah I want to I want um friends close friends to be able to say "Mm, yeah I I see where you were coming from with that piece but have you considered this as well like I think Mm -hmm. I think um yeah, I think sometimes when when you're kind of like a writer in the public eye, there's a temptation to kind of double down on everything mm. and and not really be open to the fact that you are going to get things wrong as well. So I think um, for me, yeah, just kind of having that, that close-knit circle um, whose opinions and, and also kind of like support I can really trust is going to be really important. Yeah, and I definitely see how that can be true for like like a person who uh, has identities that are marginalised in that uh, perhaps some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that you write uh, when it gets put out into the mainstream, a lot of criti- criticism will come. Mm. Um, so like uh, separating shit from genuine constructive yes, critique exactly. from people who actually care about the things you're talking about exactly, is, yeah. can be challenging. Okay, but yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to be reading all the articles. Um, um, <laughs> I can fi- I can slot you nicely in with my other fave writers like Paula. Um, oh, cute! Yeah, um, yeah. I can't wait. Um, this is very exciting. Um, uh, what are we gonna? Oh yeah, uh, someone has been dress shopping. Would someone like to tell us what dress shopping's like? Mm-hmm. I've never dressed for. I've never shopped for a wedding dress. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I went on my first um, wedding dress shop. I think it was last Thursday with my friend Phoebe and Shola, who I feel like you, you probably know Shola. I think so, yeah. Yeah, she's the artist. Paints, mm-hmm. like, oh, I love Shola. Yeah, she's wonderful, like one of my best friends. So, yeah, we went to this shop like in Sydney, Love Bridal. Um, it was such a great experience, like just nice vibes, like the whole shop is like really cute and um, the service was brilliant. Like this woman, I had her undivided attention. She was very like, yeah, she's just, you know, someone just gives you great advice. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Like how many times in one's life do you go like wedding dress shopping? Some, pe- some people zero, you know what I mean? Like, um, mm. so yeah, she was just very attentive and like had such good advice for me. She gave me these little hearts to hang on, like, hangers of the dresses I wanted to try on. But she only gave me three. And she was like, yeah, just pick out some with different, like, styles and shapes that you wouldn't usually go for. And I was like, okay. Ooh. And I did. And the first dress I tried on, I was like, head over heels. I've never looked so good in my life. Like, I actually got teary because I was like, oh, my oh. gosh. Like, I look so beautiful. Oh. And my friends were all like, you could just see those say welling up. Like it's actually, I just felt a bit ridiculous. It's like thinking like, why are we all like crying right now? But <laughs> you know what? So, like in films and stuff when they cry, I'm thinking like, I always think that like, isn't that a bit like ridiculous? Like why are you crying? But now I'm like, I realise now they're crying because they look so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever seen yourself and been like, oh, so good. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> It's a uh, living experience. 
experience. Oh, mm. gosh. So, yeah, you know what? The day was it's also like my makeup was perfect that day. Mm-hmm. So just the whole thing was just like, yeah, it was emotional. It was beautiful. So, yeah, I, I, that dress is still my heart. So today when I went shopping, the place I went for the dress shopping was a lot bigger. It was a lot kind of like more grand and a bit like just like very over the top in some ways. But I preferred my little experience I had in my other one. And like, mm. I, 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 that dress is just my dress in my head now. So like all the other dresses I tried on, I was like, meh, nah. But it was just nice to like go and like try dresses on with my friend. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was that. Oh, that sounds so special. It's <laughs> it like, a, like you said, like how many times is someone likely to go dress shopping exactly. in their lives? Um, I want to go dress shopping. Not for you. Not even for myself. I want to go for someone else. Yeah, I just want to be like, it. I want to be part of the party that just sits there drinking. And just be yeah. like, this yes, one, love yes. this one. That one, it's no. It's really fun, yeah. Yeah. Especially when they give you good drinks. Mm-hmm. I've got like three more lined up. And I'm just, I'm here for the drinks, really. My dress <laughs> is like, I know what my dress is in my head. So mm. I'll just be drinking. <laughs> now you're just here for the experience. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I can. I also see like how it's emotional. Other than like how good you look, like there is something about a wedding dress like that. Uh, I guess if the style is appeasing to you, yeah. it is like breathtaking. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting, like how different people's preference of wedding dress style yes. is. Yeah. Yes. I honestly thought I was going to go for something. I had an image in my head. I was like, this is exactly what I want. That's not the dress I'm going for. I tried on a dress that was better than the one I expected in my head. It was. It ticked all the boxes. It was exactly what I imagined myself in, but better. But because it wasn't that first dress I tried on, mm-hmm. which is completely different, I was like, no, nah, that's not my dress anymore. Mm-hmm. So that is like what I went in the shop for. The other dress is so much better. And I wouldn't, I've never picked up that dress. I've just been like, be joking. <laughs> Me, but seeing myself in it, wow. I was like, oh. Mm. Yeah. You need to go back and get that dress. <laughs> I will. <laughs> On the 1st of July, I'm going to get that dress. Yeah. Okay, good. Are you involved in uh, your partner's uh, wedding preparation? Or are you kind of like leaving that separate for the pair of you? I think we're we're doing it as a separate thing. Not because we're superstitious or traditional. It's just because like the surprise is kind of like... The reveal, you know, mm. like that element of it's gonna, this, the shock, the reveal, the surprise. That's why we're like keeping it a secret. But we've just kind of discussed the foundations of what we're wearing and her suit sounds amazing. Like, I can't wait to see it. Oh my God. Like, she's going to look so good. I'm probably going to mm. cry seeing her looking that good. And she'll cry seeing me that look like good. And then we'll like look at our reflections. Our standing oh next to each God. other. We're going to cry because we both look so good. Yeah. <laughs> wait, when, when is the wedding? When is the big day? It's in April 2022. Okay, so you've got some time. You've got some yeah. time. Mm. You know, it seems like that, but time is going fast. Like, yeah, that's true. When we booked our venue, we had two years, and I'm like, where did the, the year and two months go? I'm so confused. It's just gone like that. Crazy. Time is moving differently in this pandemic, I have to it say. Is. Like, it it's really... The fact that we're we're past the halfway point of this year, or are Wild. We? Like I'm, yeah. That's really. Mm. No, I can attest. That. I I think because this year as well, I've been in a, a like a depressive slump for so much of it. I've kind of coming out the end of it now. I poked my head up at the beginning of June. I was like, we're six months into the year. <laughs> 
what the fuck is <laughs> exactly that exactly um, that <laughs> but I was gonna say something but I don't wanna I don't want us to uh, play this back and say it, I, I caused it but are we out of the lockdowns <laughs> I mean yeah I've accepted that realistically restrictions will be coming back at some point of some of some kind of some kind like touch wood it's not gonna be what we went through last winter mm-hmm. because when I tell yeah. you I my mental health was very very precarious mm-hmm it was very yeah. it was very much like clinging on like fingernails like you know just trying to trying to make it through cuz like the combination of lockdown and it getting dark at like three o'clock mm-hmm. are you mad and it being it was, cold and, and it, it was being cold. cold you couldn't go like i didn't want to go for no walks it was cold yeah <laughs> This miserable little country. I say this every day. Every day, this miserable little country. Um, Even though we've had, like, sun, we had, like, a nice week and a half of sun. Look how we're grateful for it. A whole week. Yeah. Um, And then the next day, it was, the day after, it was, like, downpours for, like, the next three days. I'm just, like, just sitting out of, I'm sitting, staring out the window, like, some, like, miserable old person, like, with my arms folded, just like, what are you going to say, Leila? It's just hell. This country, it's because this country's cursed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like naturally, mm-hmm. this island is cursed. So Energetically. why would they have like mm. good weather? Because <laughs> they don't deserve it here. So. And then we're just Gosh. here suffering too. Like, oh, mm-hmm. please, it wasn't us. <laughs> and I was talking about hay fever with someone. Um, with a, no, yeah. with a few people, and like people, people have been struggling with hay fever. I mean, this so year bad. more than yeah. than usual. Yeah, it's been like the worst year of like. A decade or something ridiculous like it's been so bad and lots yeah. of people have been saying like how i don't have hay fever when i am back home i'm speaking to someone who's from where my family's from which is saint vincent mm. and they're like i don't i've never had hay fever back no. there it's only no. when i'm here and i'm like because we're not meant to be here it's because we're allergic to this country Do, for real is. let's yeah. like please yeah. oh <laughs> i thought um, we too yeah yeah Know what you're gonna say? <laughs> Need to worry about those who don't, who aren't allergic to this country. You know, mm. we're out here sneezing and like, oh gosh, it was so, it was really bad. It was really bad. I was like sneezing all the time. I couldn't breathe. I was like coughing. My eyes were just gone. Like it was so annoying because I'd run out of antihistamines, like all of them, on that period of time when it was like really bad. Oh, and I can't really survive without them anyway. So I was just really mm. like struggling to like wake up in the morning Mm. um we need a holiday we need a holiday i'm hoping to try and get away this year but i said that last year and i said the year before and so look where i (laughs) look where i still am i've been trying to get to st vincent for the last uh year and a half quite literally um so you know fingers crossed now is a good time to be looking at flights i have to say Mm-hmm. Because I, I did secure some <gasps> to my Caribbean homeland mm-hmm. for £400 oh, return. Well, um, Barbados. Oh, my, okay, my dad's side Barbados. of family. Mm. But then I've got, I've got Jamaican on, on the other side, my mum's side. So a mix of cultures. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the prices, I had to book. I was like, I've never seen these prices again in my lifetime. Never. Oh, gosh. When did you book for? Like, what date? Can I come? <laughs> <laughs> I booked 
So I booked for September, hoping, mm. like praying, that by then a lot of vaccinations will have happened, mm-hmm. and that like things should be okay, traveling and stuff like that. So yeah. we'll see. Um, yes, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, we'll leave on that positive note, and then we'll be right back after a break to discuss this week's topic, which is pride. Okay, so we're back and we're going to get right into our discussion about Pride. Um, next to me, I have a copy of uh, Chloe O. Davis's uh, recent, uh, recently published book, The Queen's English, which is the LGBTQIA plus dictionary of lingo and colloquial phrases. So I thought I'd read out the definition of Pride to start us off. So... Uh, Pride. Confidence in one's identity as a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, non-binary or otherwise non-heteronormative person. A movement that promotes equal rights and social justice for all members of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, So that is what the definition of Pride is. But let's talk about what pride means to us personally. Um, so what does pride mean to you? Or more, what has pride meant to you? So uh, mm. when did you first come into contact with the concept or the word pride? I think for me, my first real interaction with pride and what it meant for me on a personal level was really in 2016 which is when I came out not just to other people but to myself as well Mm. there had been a lot of very very deep repression um, going on for quite a considerable amount of time throughout my teenage and uh, early 20s and so when I first went to Pride it was as part of Christians at Pride, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so my kind of entry into the LGBT community was through the prism of a queer Christian community because mm-hmm. um, I had a Christian background and upbringing, um, which obviously did not help with the whole repression situation. So for me, my engagement with Pride was very much... Um, about pushing back against that very sort of evangelical narrative around sexuality and gender. And my my first Pride experience, Pride in London, did feel very exciting and empowering and it felt like really amazing. And it's really interesting reflecting back on that five years ago and how different pride feels now Mm. to me. Um, but we can, we can come back to that, um, later. Leila, what, um, how did you first, uh, come into, let's say contact with pride as a concept or a word? Um, I've been trying to think about it and I can't actually remember. I don't know if that's because I was really fucked up or... (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. Let me try. The earliest one I can remember is 
going to Black Pride, I think Naeem must have messaged me and been like, you come on Black Pride or something like that, like just some vague kind of like message. And I was like, huh, what? Yeah, yeah, of course, I'll come. And I think like Fleur was coming back from work or something like that. I don't know, ended up at Black Pride. I somehow, I think, I think this is the first time because I honestly don't have any re- recollection of anything before that. But I think it makes sense. I think Black Pride, whichever year it was, maybe in 2015, 2016, was the first Pride I'd ever been to. And I love that because... To this day, I've never been to, like, Pride in London, which I feel like is, like, Same. the worst one. Oh. Is, I think I'm just... I love that about, like, what Pride means to me. Because, like, mm. for me, like, when I think Pride and I think Pride events and I think celebrating Pride, I think celebrating it with, like, like, like the BPOC folk. Like, I think about, like, our actual community. I don't think of, kind of, like, white, like, gay men shirtless mm-hmm. with like glitter you know that's just mm-hmm. not it's like, yeah that's just not how i think about it i just think of what everyone looks like at black pride and everyone looks amazing so yeah that's how i first came into contact with pride and it was kind of like i guess unintentional because like i just got that message and i was like yeah of course i'll come along like mm-hmm. and ever since then of course i went every year and i have been to brighton pride actually like one or two times maybe once um, but yeah, that was, yeah, I think that's, those are the only prides I've been to and I look forward to them every year, like, um, cutie, BPOC picnic and stuff mm, like yeah. that. Those are like, that's what you'll find me during pride season. Like, that's how I want to celebrate. And like, that's the community I want to discuss. Being, look at you doing pride <laughs> in like a healthy you know affirming positive way like i wish that that had been my experience (laughs) Mm. uh what's i gonna say um so uh before the pride that you first went to the first black pride that you went to were you quote unquote out before then or by then because i was with flirt yeah i've never like been to you know what it's really strange i'd never been to a pride before i got with flirt in 2015 I guess I came, I wouldn't say I came out in 2015 because I like was never really in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, where was the in? There was right. no in, I was just living there. <laughs> and I still am. <laughs> so, Lad, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so before that, I'd never, like, never even like come across it. I'd only heard someone mention it once. Like, I don't know if that's because they never, no one ever mentioned it or if I actually just wasn't paying attention if I wasn't listening, but it just like didn't kind of like register with me until like, I was just like with my partner and was invited to Black Pride and I was like, yes, of course. Because like, mm. yeah. I was asking because um, I remember when I moved to London uh, seven years ago, I don't know what year that was. What did you um, uh, Luton, which is where ah, I am now. You're so, in Luton now, okay. Yeah, not that far, but far enough. Um, That's where my sister lives. Maybe I'll see you when I go see my sister. Oh yeah, actually I did know that. Um, yeah, come through. <laughs> um... But I remember, yeah, moving to London was like a whole big thing for me. It was an uh, opportunity for me to really explore uh, more of who I was. I knew that I, I, similar to you, when was I in? Like to myself anyway, like I knew that I was always queer. Not that I perhaps used that language um, as a child or in teenage years. But moving to London was this big opportunity to kind of like really explore that in ways I wasn't, let's say, allowed to in Luton. Um 
But there was something about, I didn't know Black Pride existed, but I knew there was this Pride thing that happened in London, which we know as White Pride or Pride in London. White Pride! <laughs> white Pride yeah. or Pride in London. Um, white Pride! <laughs> but I think because Salad I... Salad Pride. <laughs> I think because to a degree, like I was comfortable with myself, let's say, or like I knew... I thought I knew who I was, which was, you know, somewhere in the spectrum of queer. I was like, I don't really need to go to that, especially because it didn't look like something I would enjoy. Similar to like the gay clubs um, within, I guess, is it Soho? But like the GAYs and the Mm. other ones that that lovely man, that, that was sarcasm. I feel like I need to be very clear. The yeah, we know. We know the man. We <laughs> know the man. All of his clubs, like I've always looked at them and thought they don't really look like I'm going to enjoy them, so I'm just not going to partake in it. And it's very mm. much like a until I find the thing that seems like it's going to be harmonious with my spirit, it just kind of doesn't exist in my world. And so I went to my first uh, Black Pride, which was my first Pride event ever in. 2018 i want to say the year before they moved it to a different uh space um but yes that was like my first real interaction with a pride event um and then i guess the concept of pride um may have come to me before then um i remember like 2016 17 was a big year for me um i was living in copenhagen and similar to when I moved to London and it being like a, a giving myself the opportunity to explore that year in Copenhagen was also that. Um, and I remember I watched, I really immersed myself in my identity and things that would help me uh, know it better. And that was where like I discovered Marsha P. Johnson and a mm. lot of um, the the history, the history of black, queer and trans people. Because so I feel like up and then that was largely what I was missing. Like I knew who I was, I knew that I was queer, um, but I didn't have like a wealth of uh, of knowledge about us existing for, for mm. yonder and time and time. Um, so I feel like as a concept, I feel like this, that was when I really started to come into Pride. And then when I moved back to London in 2017, um, I started trying to find events um, to kind of really affirm all of that. And uh, Black Pride was one of those, for sure. Mm. Um, does Pride mean something different to you now than it did when you first kind of went to your first event or you came to it as a as a concept? Yeah, I think Pride in London, to me has such a diff- has taken on such a different um meaning and significance i mean obviously while i was there for my first experience of it i was very conscious of the fact that it did feel quite corporate um and kind of how very white and cis it was but for me now i i really have questions about even the purpose that it serves or Mm. um, who it's even for. Um, My most recent experience of Pride in London, I wasn't part of the parade, so I was on the sidelines. And it was very interesting seeing the different floats go past. 
I was very struck when the when the Tory float went past. Um, interesting. Yep, and that felt quite uncomfortable. Sort of mm-hmm. seeing people cheering the the kind of LGBT branch of of a political party that is responsible for um, you know a very hostile environment to a lot of LGBT asylum seekers and. Mm-hmm. You know the party that historically w- was responsible for Section Twenty Eight and all kinds of things that have harmed the community. Um, so that was very uncomfortable. And then it got even worse. I saw a a float um, for a, a sort of like private security company that runs a lot of like prisons and I believe like detention centres go past. And I was just like. I was like, this is really, this is really like pushing it to the edge now. Mm. Like, this isn't just like, this isn't just sort of pinkwashing of your little um, kind of brand, your little generic brand. This is really like um, organizations that participate in profound structural harm Mm -hmm. being part of this pride parade. and I think the other aspects to what I experienced that year as well was, um, I think I, it was my first kind of time out um, at Pride, newly out as trans and also being black there. I, I realised just how um, how violent and um, stressful that, spa- that space felt. Um, it was very much kind of taken up with mainly cishet white people who were clearly very entitled and this was just like their day to party mm-hmm. in London and you know someone like me trying to make their way through the crowds was just kind of like shoved about and like kind of in that way that you know how white people are mm-hmm. you know how white people are in crowds and in spaces like they really they treat uh, they treat people of color very in a very particular quite dismissive way um mm-hmm. when it comes to like taking up physical space so so there was that experience and then you know I think about what has gone on behind the scenes at Pride in London that we know about because yeah. you know a lot of the um POC staff have stepped back and have called out Pride in London for being extremely racist despite its protestations to to be trying to do better um so for me it's like is like what is redeemable about pride in london which mm-hmm. is probably quite a controversial thing to say and i think for me it feels like this very performative pageantry that um suggests that we live in this utopian inclusive happy society where everyone's included <laughs> But actually, that's just not the truth. Like, there are so many ways in which the queer community and particularly the trans community uh, are facing all of these difficulties. And um, and that's not even really centred in what Pride in London is. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's my that, that's me standing on my soapbox about Pride <laughs> in London in particular. I have to mm-hmm. say, um, I think there are other prides like obviously we spoke about Black Pride and also maybe I'll chat about Trans Pride a, a bit later, which I think are really amazing um, Pride events and, and spaces. But I think what you said is so important, like um, 
it being like a pageant. And then you have to really question what is the purpose of it? Yeah, this. Because mm-hmm. if it is not contributing in some like distinctly, obviously, tangibly positive way to the broadest spectrum of yeah. uh, the community, then then who is it for? And like if on the checklist of, of why the reasons why we're running this event is like, I'll be, ha- I'll be appeasing this uh, corporation. I'll be mm-hmm. appeasing this political party who has a historical, um, who has a history of uh, harming uh, mm-hmm. queer people. Then, then the priorities are fucked up. And um, I think often like within society, we're kind of like, but it's been here for so long. It's like a, it's a staple. <laughs> it should just continue to exist. But like, I think it's about time that we like sit down and be like, okay, but, does it need to exist? And if it is going to exist, we need to actually look at how it does and the reasons why it exists existing like that. Yeah. 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 Because if you think about all of the money and the time and the effort and the resources and the organising that goes into what is primarily a a street party for straight people. Literally, Mm -hmm. that is is it, yeah. I I can think of a lot of, like... um, queer causes that are that are in need of some of that time money resources attention um you know so i think yeah you're so right like it is time to question what is the purpose where is it going should be Mm. should it be something different and you would think that after because i remember reading that statement from like the collective of uh, uh people of color um staff or former staff of mm. uh, or volunteers i think maybe they were of uh, of pride in london and they and i remember on multiple occasions they stated like we have tried like it's yes. not a case of we we looked and it was a bit racist so we said no forget it which to be honest probably would be my attitude <laughs> yeah, but it was same. like no we committed to this and we have been against a brick wall trying to eke them towards progression and change and inclusion, real inclusion, not performative. And if, if you have a whole team of people who are dedicated to, to uh, organizing this event, say, have to put their hands up and be like, you know what? This is, this is too much. Yeah. Like there is something deeply wrong here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm interested to see, I'm not that interested, but I'm interested to see, kind of like what pride in london anyway looks like going forward because you'd yeah. think after such a big call out and especially when brands were pretending to be scared of um falling foul of uh doing yes. right by uh by people who aren't white of the last year but that they were, they were kind of like what? sorry I that. brands uh uh I, i'm gonna describe it as like brands are performing the, the oh, idea yeah, yeah. of being <laughs> scared of falling foul of uh, not treating people equally the black um, the black square summer the black square summer <laughs> it will go so down funny. in history um oh, gosh. but yeah so yeah pride in london do better mm. i would like to say like mad. i look forward to see you doing better but i just don't think it's gonna happen oh gosh no it's so mad like i feel like i've created such distance between like that pride that i'm just like i forget i forget that it even exists no, so I'm like, oh, yeah. that thing, there's, there's people in the corner over there doing something. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mad. Mad. But of course and I think that's, be doing that. Yeah. But that's also very telling, like, with, I mean, we're only three people, but I don't think our sentiments are 
in isolation. But like, I don't yeah. think any of us would say that that event speaks to us. And are no. we not queer? No. Are we not part of the LGBT community? No yeah. If it is not speaking to us in any way, then it's fucked. Like exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I want to stand in the crowd full of like straight white people? And like white men doing aggressive fist pumping, and I'm gonna get knocked over. Like, what is that? <laughs> I'm, good. I'm actually good. Oh yeah, it's awful. It's actually awful. Yeah, I just like sometimes when June's rolling by, I'm like, I get a bit scared, like a bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who is gonna, who's gonna DM me? Like, mm. who's gonna email? Me? I guess I'm getting a bit like, yeah, it's a bit anxious. And like, oh, prize coming up. Here we go. Like, yes. Here we go, okay. like something mad's gonna happen, like someone's just gonna do something, and I'm just gonna have to, like, cuss someone, like, it's just, yeah. Actually, I think that's interesting, like, on the, it's not even the flip side, but continuing on from uh, pride that involves corporations or companies, mm-hmm. um, for a lot of, of the community, uh, June rolls around and it is uh, the, the time when, uh, their inboxes are suddenly full of people who just mm. have a yeah. burgeoning desire to work with us. Exactly. Um, what has those experiences been like uh, for for us? Um, I guess it, it rolls a lot around freelance work. Yeah. It's just a lot of people that's like, you've literally like never spoken to me before. I don't mm-hmm. think you've ever cared about what I was doing before. Like, have you just kind of like heard through the grapevine that I exist and now you want to like message me and it's always done in such like a un like I don't know what the word is but like they haven't thought about it at all mm-hmm. like how they're going to contact you like mm-hmm. so they get it wrong from the off it's like why are you DMing me when I have an email address first of all um requesting things and just like being like yeah we're willing to offer you this much what do you mean you're willing to offer me this much did I say that that's how much my services are worth no. like so you're taking the piss because you contacted me the wrong way and now you're taking the piss by telling me how much you think that my work is worth during Pride. And the Mm. thing is, like, asking someone that is a non-white, like, queer person to do work for you during Pride, like, you're going to have to, like, ask me my rate and then some because it's also, like, emotional labour for me to be working for, like, usually time it's white organisations. Like, for me to be working with your white organisation during a time when I know that there's, like, people still suffering and you're not really doing anything about it in your spare time anyway. You know what I mean? You're not really, like, checking for, like, people of... Black people and people of colour who are suffering, who are also Mm. LGBTQIA+. Like, ever. Like, what do you ever do? And then suddenly you want to do a Pride campaign or some kind of pride like signify a thing or you want to donate somewhere for this month to make yourself look good like it's just really shitty and I just like hate it and I think that's kind of like sometimes I ghost a little bit during like June because I'm just oh, like that's I, me. Do- I don't want to talk to any of these people like I just re- it just pisses me off so much like so much and like also like sometimes I see that I've like ignored someone's request for me to do something and then someone else does the job and I'm like I just oh, I don't think any anyone should be working with these people because if you I think for a white like organization like I feel like you need to be supporting like LGBTQA plus organizations 11 months of the year not just that one you know mm-hmm. what I mean 11 of the 12 months of the year and that and June and the, too, and June, yeah yes. and then it's not like oh we're doing this pride thing like let's just like get a budget together and all of this like no like what is that even for? Like, okay, you raise a, bit, a little bit of money in June, but imagine doing that same work for 11 more months. How much mm-hmm. more money would those people have? 
that they probably need, they definitely need. So yeah, I just think it's all, I just hate it all. I hate people contacting me for work in Primark. There's some people that do it really, really well. And obviously I love working with um, organizations that are like non-white LGBTQIA plus organizations. Cause I'm like, yeah, like not all the time, but like, it's like, yeah, you get it. And it's just gonna be great vibes and it's gonna be fine. But like, yeah, other times I'm just like, grr. Do you have like a checklist um, that you run through uh, to decide whether you work with uh, an organization? I don't have a checklist necessarily, but I kind of like go off vibes because I feel like I'm mm-hmm. very like intuitive when it comes to like, is someone's energy really off? Like I can usually tell when they message me, like just like some, it's like sometimes in the language they use or like how they've gone about trying to contact me. And then I'll also like, so I'm like, oh, it's just feel a bit like iffy. Sometimes it can feel iffy, but they're actually good vibes. But I'm just like, hmm, is this okay? And then I'll look further and I do a little kind of like background, like start stalking them, like looking through their mum's like holiday pics from 2007. <laughs> like, oh, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, I try and like look at <laughs> start delving into their life. Like, I actually do that. Like, I'm like, what, what are you really up to? And when I decide like, okay, you seem cool, I'll be like, discussing my rate with them and then it's like when the rate's accepted without hesitation then I'm mm. like we're good to go if there's hesitation I'm like mm, because the thing is I'm still going to get my rate at the end of the day so if you want to play hesitation now like I'm either not going to work for you or I'm going to get my rate most of the time I'm just going to get my rate so um, yeah I guess it's those things so it's kind of like looking at how they interact with me from the off mm-hmm. and then stalking mm. their whole family's lives stalking their entire <laughs> stalking their entire lifeline and then negotiating like my rate or not even negotiating just telling them my rate it's those kind of three things if you've been cool on all of those things then we're cool but if not then if there's one of them that's a bit iffy then I'm going to be like watching you Mm -hmm. I need to like because I also be like I also have to have a conversation with them where it's like you do realise this is like emotional labour for me and you do realise kind of like what this means and the history of why we have pride right like mm. talk to me you know like to have a little like zoom call or like discussion about that i'm like do you are you really understanding the necessity here yeah and sometimes people will follow them and they're like oh yeah we want to do this thing around pride and i'm like who are you donating to though like do they actually mm-hmm. need money or is there someone that else that needs more money and is overlooked there's mm, not yeah. just people in the uk either necessarily like there's so many other countries that are really struggling to get this kind of like help yeah. as well so mm-hmm. it's just like you need to look beyond like what every everyone else is doing here and actually see who's like getting like, less attention yeah so i feel like i've been speaking for ages but um no i, I mean yeah. i think it's so valuable like it's so important like it's very much about holding them to task and yeah. approaching conversations with them uh with the acknowledgement that you're the person in power, like they're coming to you because yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. want what you have, your identity, mm-hmm. your yeah. um, your expertise. Um, mm. No, I think like anyone listening, I think those are great tips as well for yeah. me as well. Um, yeah, because some people will be like, "Yeah, we want to donate to this charity," and it's one that I've heard so many people donating to. But I'm like, "Well, how about kind of like Black Trans Foundation mm-hmm. or like yeah. you know, like Trans Wave JA, like." these people need help yeah like i don't really see like i'd yeah these kind of those kind of organizations not just kind of like oh i can't name any like other ones on the top of my head but like mermaids is a big one yes Uh, yeah i think 
Yeah. Yeah. Which Dude. a lot of I think people are like trans. Okay, mermaids. It's like mm. there are more trans charities yeah. Yeah. and needs than yeah. mermaids. It's giving um, very. I didn't do any research, but I saw someone post it online. Yeah, so I'm just yeah, gonna yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I really love the like that you get on a call with them and just like suss out their intentions because I think that's so such an incredibly uh, important thing and yeah. so easily to like. Um, assess someone's intentions yeah i'm always i always love it when not love it but when you like a someone says something bad online does something bad online and then the entire of twitter uh is like you have us fucked up and the person gives an apology um it's less like that we want an apology from the person but we want them to respond so we can tell what they're actually about and usually from their apology or from the statement that they release it's like we either know that you're genuine or you're not or that you're just saying this so you think that we'll leave you alone Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is that call with them to just be like, here are some things. Let's see how you respond. And then I can know what you're really about yeah. is a really important thing. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're back. Um, So on the flip side of everything that we've discussed thus far, um, what are some of our like really good, enjoyable pride uh, memories, events that we've been to? Do you have a favorite pride or favored pride? Oh. Um, I haven't been to any other prides other than in the UK, but obviously Black Pride. I'm trying to think when the first time I went was, because I feel like it was quite early on in my uni days, but it could have been later on. Could have been doing something with like the QT BPOC scene before that as like a pride event. You know what I mean? I feel like they were doing stuff like that before. So probably mm-hmm. like, early QTB POC pride events plus like black pride there was one black pride where I was so fucked up like I couldn't even see like I was just like <laughs> I don't know what happened to me I found myself by the <laughs> by the portalies and I was just like no. I went up to Fleur and I was like I can't believe you just left me like that by the portalies she was like what are you talking about you went with Naeem <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> wow I don't know I felt they were probably next to me and I was like so like blind out by alcohol yeah screaming. but anyway um Definitely Black Pride, love it, especially because in the summer, like the climate's different. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. It's like, yeah. And you see people come alive when you put them in the sun, and yeah. like all yeah. of these melanated bodies just glistening oh, in beautiful. sunshine and whatever they've used to moisturize, <laughs> yeah. and just oh. like music performances, um, uh, people that they give, get to do speeches on the stage. Yeah, um, yeah. Black Pride has been the only Pride event that I've been to. But I have very fond memories of it. It was just, I don't know, it was like what, uh, 
a carnival that included me. Um, yes. Why imagine it to feel like? Yes. Mm. That's the perfect description of it, really. Um, I think you can't really put into words how special it is to see so many black queer people in one space. Mm-hmm. I think because that is that can be quite a rare experience in even somewhere like London, where there's a lot of queer black people, um, and obviously there there have been sort of lots of cutie pock um, nightlife events that have popped up over the last few years where we do gather together more throughout the year. But there's something about the the scale of it at UK mm-hmm. Black Pride where you're just like, wow, like, this is us. This is how we roll. Like, there's so many of us. Like, it's just really affirming and life-giving. Oh, it's and I so think, gorgeous. I think because it's not like a club night, it encourages or it invites more people to it. So there, yeah. are some, there are some black queer people, trans people who are just like, you know, those clubs that you go to are real cute and everything, but I'm just, I'm really okay at home. But like, yeah. because Black Pride is this daytime event that doesn't centre necessarily around partying, drinking, yeah. um, you get a lot more people. And I think that is part of the magic of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, fully, fully. I had this moment in Black Pride and I was standing on this hill, like I'd gone up because I think I was trying to like, cool flow or something and I just remember seeing just a sea of like beautiful like melanated bodies glistening mm-hmm. in the sun like you said and I was just like raw like this is so gorgeous mm-hmm. I think I maybe even took a picture because I was like this is just like it made me like feel a bit teary actually I was just like oh mm-hmm. this is so nice like oh, it's like queer heaven man yeah yeah I definitely had Angels. one of those moments at the at the black pride that I went to Cause, and it's also this thing of like, you could not have told uh, uh, young me that this was a reality, that this is a thing that existed um, or that yeah. I would be going to at some point. So it was so special. Goosebumps. And I think also there's something about what it does to the, the um, misguided narrative that black people are somehow more homophobic speak on it because i have a lot of time for this conversation than 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 white people like i -hmm. i I find that very fascinating because actually i have a lot of white queer friends or i know a lot of white queer and trans people for whom their families have treated them abhorrently Mm -hmm. and i'm just like this this assumption that um you know black afro-caribbean families are kind of by default um, extremely homophobic or unaccepting. It's just not true. It's not like, true. You know, uh, I'm I'm not going to pretend like every family is perfect. Like Mm-mm. that's not true either. But I think, um, I think that's also what's really powerful about Black Pride is being like, actually, like no, mm. that is that is not a true representation of of our community. And um, obviously, that kind of ties into how how. Um, kind of European colonialism um, brought a lot of homophobia and transphobia into our home countries and things like that. And now wants to act, now wants to act all all smart about it and be like, oh, like we're we're woke, we are we're progressive now. And it's mm-hmm. like your countries are so behind. It's like, well, why is that? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, so I think that's the other really cool thing about Black Pride. Yeah. Um, did you... Who said they'd been to Brighton Pride? Me. Me. What's Brighton Pride like? Um, I, I can't 
even compare it to London Pride because I've never been. It's different to Black Pride, obviously. It's what I imagine a white Pride to be like, but like also maybe not as bad because mm -hmm. London one seems like it's on another level. Like that sounds awful. And when I went to um, Brighton Pride, it just seemed like, again, like a lot of like, you know, cishet white people covered in glitter, topless fist pumping. That was there largely, but there was also like, I don't know, like you had like the cutie bebop, Brighton float and stuff like that, and like Cocoa oh, Butter Club, yeah, and Cocoa Butter Club and people like that. So there was like a lot oh, of like Cocoa Butter Club. That's yeah, nice. A lot of black people, and people of color, doing things on their floats too. So yeah, and I didn't see any like wild corporations. I saw things like. I don't know, like Amex or something, like Red Bull or something like that. You know what I mean? Like those kind of things. But I didn't see any kind of like conservative floats. Or mm -hmm. Then I could have been in the wrong section. I don't know if they were there. But yeah, it just seemed a different vibe. And also like a lot of like, there was just a lot of charities. So, but mm. actually at the time there was like these people that I extremely disliked and found out they were there because I had like hated them because they were homophobic. And I was like, I'll see you at Pride. Britain, while well, I'm here. Hmm. How, like, how well. dare you? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I can't, I don't, I can't, I can only compare it between, like, that and Black Pride, but obviously that's a different vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd say it's like, if you want a less aggressively white version of mm -hmm. London Pride, but then I can't say, I can't say that because I don't know what it would be like if you went. So, but you know I, mean? I feel like... I feel like the benefit of Brighton is at least it has the seaside. I was about mm. to say. Like, yeah. I feel like that just brings it starts a different on the energy. seafront as well, I think. Like, yeah. Down, so, yeah. And I think that, I don't know, because there's something, the other part about um, Pride in London, I don't want to get stuck on the negatives, but because it's in the centre of London, it feels really like claustrophobic and you've got all these buildings. Yeah. Sort of like, mm -hmm. Whereas I think the beauty of Brighton Pride, I've, I've never been. Um, I've been to Trans Pride, which is uh, Trans Pride Brighton. Yeah. Um, but it's just really nice having having the ocean there, having yeah. the seafront. There's a sense of kind of real relaxation to it, which is yeah. quite nice. I think Trans Pride is definitely a lot nicer than the general Brighton Pride because it's like, oh, it's so nice, isn't that? Was it in like St. George? I could be saying the wrong name. In that green, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can also yeah. see the sea. It's just like, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And I love the security on there, just ready to check everyone, like, good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and they have like... good talks and events and it's very peaceful. Yeah. yeah. It's just a very, it's a very chilled um, day. I think, I think for trans people in particular, it feels so special because it feels like a day where you're seen and understood in public, mm -hmm. which um, is, is, you know, the opposite of your typical experience. Um, you know, particularly if you are sort of early in transition or if like you have a gender that is not kind of passable or readable to cis people. Um, I think what's beautiful about trans pride is being in that space where you know that no one is assuming anyone's pronouns um, you know that nobody is making any judgments on your gender based on how you present or your clothing or your body parts. Like, um, I think for, for me, it's been such a healing space, um, for that reason, particularly sort of early on in my transition, just, um, because it is, 
Because, yeah, it is hard, um, I think, when when you have to navigate public space as a as a trans person who either can't pass or won't pass. Um, like, it's really a daily battle um, mm-hmm. of of deciding to, like, be brave, go out that front door and live your truth, even though people don't see it. Mm. Um, and... And when you go to somewhere like Trans Pride, it's a, it's a moment where you can take some of that armor off mm-hmm. and you can just breathe that sigh of relief. And you mm. just know that like people get it. They get it and they see you for you, which is just uh, a really beautiful Pride experience. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I recognize that a lot in, well, with myself. But like um, I always used to describe... Uh, it was nightlife that I described like this, but like uh, the clubs that I used to go to uh, where it feel like life is like holding your breath until you get to that, the, the, the destination for me, yeah. this was like, uh, you know, babes or PP, but I think it'd be the same or black pride, but I think it'd be the same for like trans pride where you're just like, oh, like I don't yeah. need to hold my breath. I don't need to like looking over my shoulder or just be concerned yeah. or thinking with what, the world around me is perceiving of me, um, but I can just exist. I can exist in yeah. the freedom of of myself. That is a very it's a very liberating thing. Yeah, and it's like I wish, I wish that pride experience was kind of truer of other kind of prides um, um, yeah. uh, outside of you know black pride and trans pride. Because I think I don't know in my in my experience I think sort of some of the more kind of corporate ones actually reproduce mm-hmm. some the of same the violences same yeah exactly that the same violences yeah cis heteronormative yeah. uh, construct oh for sure and I'd mm-hmm. hate for that to be like someone to like uh, pluck up let's say the courage to go to a pride mm-hmm. event and be like okay you know this is it I'm gonna do it it's gonna be my big day and like to get to an event and for it to like you said replicate the same yeah. kind of violence that they're already experiencing that's yeah like, that shouldn't happen yeah um yeah um are there any prides in other parts of the world that you'd like to go to i haven't been but my friend went to i think it was madrid pride um Ooh. and she spoke really like really positively of it she had been to pride in london before um and she, like in comparison she loved madrid pride um I don't know what that is like for black people and I don't know what it is like for uh, those who um, sit outside of, uh, I guess, gender binary presentations um, mm. and the possibility of it all. But um, yeah, she spoke very positively of it, of it being kind of a far more relaxed, chilled, um, mm. fun event that wasn't like, uh, what did we call it? Like pageantry. Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. I would love to in Europe. I think Berlin Pride. I don't even know. Mm. There must be a Berlin Pride. There has there to must be, be surely. But just everything that I've heard about Berlin from like a queer and mm. trans perspective makes me want to go there. Um, mm. You know, lots of people tell me, "Oh, you should oh, go to no. Berlin. You'd like it." What's the oh no? What's the oh no, Layla? <laughs> Oh no, I had such a bad experience in Berlin. So <gasps> oh no! Yeah, it was really bad. Like, oh my yeah, god! It was awful. So, was it, <laughs> I mean, it racialized? Yeah. Kind of, is it okay? Yeah. 
it's like so bad. And then, yeah, just kind of like, of course, Germany would be racist. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it not to be, but I didn't expect it to be that bad. To be as mm. bad. Oh my yeah. god. I tried to go to a queer club as well, that's where it happened. So it was like really oh. bad. Oh. Yeah, so I'm never going back there. Okay, <laughs> maybe I won't go to Berlin Pride then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, what other prizes? Oh, like, uh, so London. Uh, uh, Toronto. Ooh, I could see that. I could see that very much. Um, like Toronto, very much is that like melting pot vibes. Yeah, it's giving me London, of, but like it's yeah. giving me Southeast London. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. I think in like a decolonial future, mm-hmm. I would love to go to um, Jamaica Kingston oh, Pride. Yeah. Mm. Like, imagine. We'll all, like, we'll all fly out, all of us. Listen, yes. everybody's Same getting flued out. That whole thing <laughs> will be full of queers. <laughs> queer plane, they'll have to get queer airlines. Like, charter our own, uh, charter our own yeah. flight. Yeah. Listen. Queer airlines. One of us will open up at an airport. Yeah. Oh. Queer airlines. Love it. And that's it. Oh. The food, the music, the... Because, you know, like, Jamaicans know how to party. Like, it's just... Oh, yeah. So that would be great. But uh, but on that note, I have been um, monitoring uh, Pride Barbados, which is a thing that Mm. has been happening for a couple of years now, I believe. Um, Despite the fact that they do still have the kind of colonial um, buggery laws there, but they're clearly not enforced um, since Pride is like out and happening in the public. So I, I am quite keen to go to um, Barbados Pride mm. one year. I when quite is like it? to J- uh, during the month of June. So it's happening damn, now. Damn. I Maybe know. Maybe it's a monitoring. Makes sense. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm keeping. The- Listen, I'm writing down, I'm making note of all of the venues that are hosting mm-hmm. <laughs> Pride events. I'm like, okay, so you're safe for queer people. Okay, noted, noted, yeah. noted. And um, yeah, like definitely need to need to hit that up in the years to come. I would love to go to that as well. I think like what you're saying about like the uh, dichotomy, I think that's the word of like, yeah, the laws in place, but the um, message being put out and the... yeah. Is a uh, is very interesting. I think across the Caribbean at the moment, but Barbados seems like uh, the most so. In like, yeah, we have the colonial buggery laws, as you said, that don't look like they're going to get repealed. Um, and I think largely because uh, the people or the 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 court that uh, has the power to do so is like an overarching uh, court for the Caribbean. Um, as opposed to an individualized uh, country to country or island oh, really? to island. Um, and I don't think there's any, po- I don't think there's leeway for that to be kind of changed. Mm. I feel like mm. they, um, there'll be a lot of pushback for that, let's say. Oh, um, I just need it to, yeah, we need them to fix up. Get mm. rid of them. Oh, and then we could all go. It'd be so good. There's a there's a there's like a cynical part of me that thinks that those laws will change probably in the next 10 years mm. because I think like the gay pound mm-hmm. like uh, and specifically the white gay pound if I'm honest like go. I think yeah they love their know, cruises to the Caribbean listen, white gays listen yeah exactly listen. 
And these Caribbean countries, you know, although I think some of them are wanting to pivot away from tourism being the main um, source of their income in their economy, like it, it, it is a reality currently. Yeah. So, so this kind of like cynical part of me is like, it it will come for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, I also think like a part of it must be like the demographic, like the age in that. Uh, yeah. Even people who are not Korean trans on these islands are more globalized than they probably have ever been. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that does a good job in humanizing people that mm. perhaps your, your uh, culture or society has historically uh, portrayed or demonized in a particular way. Um, but if you're on Twitter and you're like, well, I follow this gay person, or I follow this trans person, they don't seem that bad. Um Yeah. I think it's kind of helped produce a, a generation of people who are like, we can leave them in it. Like, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. Or even something like actively positive. So yeah. Uh, in the next 10 years, we'd like to be doing Pride in Barbados. We speak it Listen, into the existence. Love that. Let's manifest. We're manifesting right? that. Manifesting, Come on now. Manifesting. Getting rid of these laws. <laughs> We're all going to fly out and yeah, be eating good food. Yeah. <sighs> Mm. Soon come. Um, do we have any other thoughts on Pride we want to uh, leave the people with before we close off this episode? Hmm. Whenever someone says, do you have any thoughts, my mind just instantly like clears and goes blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But when my therapist does this, oh my, for, I finished therapy. This is not on the topic of Pride, but um, I've now finished therapy. But um, yeah, my therapist would always do it. So like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, literally nothing. I'm listening to the sound of the bird, but I'm trying not to look at you because I think if I look at you, you're going to look back at me and be like, so what, what are we talking about? I'm just like, oh, oh my God. Nothing. But um, <laughs> oh, wow. um, do you have like a dream? A dream? Well, maybe we've discussed it. It would be in the Caribbean. It would be where yeah. our bodies are meant to be. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, do you have like a dream pride uh, scenario, event, festivities? Mm. What would it consist of? Caribbean tour prides, like maybe a cruise yeah. ship, like just bare, bare of us queers, yeah. Just like all oh the islands, my God. all the islands party mm-hmm. all the time, like mm-hmm. and also resting though because you know and resting skin. and resting. Oh yes, inject it. I think also like it would be amazing to have. Um, to go to Pride on the on the continent of Africa, you know, like mm-hmm. yes, like Ghana. I'm like, hoping to do a Ni- trip to Ghana. Ni- oh, that's amazing. Um, um, Nigeria, like I think that would be that would be really beautiful too. Um, yeah, that's the vision. Yeah, that's the vision. That's the vision. Black Pride, but like global. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Um, actually, on that, I feel like I'd love to hold space for our siblings in Ghana, who mm. I think have just recently been they've been granted bail. This is the 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 twenty one um, uh, queer and trans uh, Ghanaians who mm. were um, arrested. Uh, I think about a month ago um, for literally existing. Um, and I think they've just been granted granted bail recently. So, uh, thoughts and, uh, spirit and soul energy directed towards our siblings, um, of our same experience across the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll leave it there for this episode. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dope Black Queers podcast. Uh, Please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on all socials at Dope Black Queers on Facebook, IG and Twitter. We're really keen to continue the conversation online. If you have a letter or you want to ask us a question, email us at dbqpod at gmail.com. And until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.